You're unmuted. Good afternoon. The meeting will come to order. Welcome to the May 3rd, 2023 meeting of the Budget and Appropriation Committee. I'm Supervisor Connie Chan, Chair of the Committee. I'm joined by Vice Chair Raphael Mendelman and Supervisor Asha Safai, Hilary Ronan, and Shaman Walton. Our clerk is Brent Halipa. I would like to thank uh, Matthew Inal, uh from SFGovTV for broadcasting this meeting. Mr. Clerk, do you have any announcement? Thank you, Madam Chair. With our return to the chamber, just a friendly reminder, uh, reminder for those in attendance to please make sure to silence all cell phones and electronic devices. Uh, the Board of Supervisors and its committees are now convening hybrid meetings that allow in-person attendance and public comment while still providing remote access and public comment via telephone. The Board recognizes that equitable public access is essential and will be taking public comment as follows. Uh, public comment will be taken on uh, both of the items on the agenda. Those attending in person will be allowed to speak first and we will take those uh, waiting on the telephone line. And for those who are watching remotely and uh, streaming through sfgovtv.org, the public comment call at number is streaming across the screen and when connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but you'll be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up and public comment is called, those joining us in person should like to speak and those on the telephone should dial star three to be added to the speaker line. If you're on your telephone, please remember to turn down your TV and all listening devices you may be using and each speaker will be allowed up to two minutes to speak unless otherwise stated. And alternatively, you may submit public comment in writing in either of the following ways. Email them to myself, the Budget and Appropriations Committee Clerk at brent.jalipa at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be forwarded to the supervisors and also included as part of the official file. You may also send your written comments via U.S. Postal Service to our office in City Hall. That's 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place. Room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. And finally, Madam Chair, items acted upon today are expected to appear on the Board of Supervisors' agenda of May 9th, unless otherwise stated. Madam Chair. Thank you so much, Mr. Clerk. Um, colleagues, this item has been uh, before us. This is the third time already, and that we have a presentation, and it's really been heard. We have made, the, the reason is because uh, we the first time when it was heard, we made the amendment to switch um, the schedule of, of the bond, um, which is now the uh, Affordable housing and shelter bond will be on March 2024, and the public health and shelter bond will be November 2024. Uh, I'm so sorry, Madam Chair. Can I read the item uh, before discussion? Oh, I have not called the item. Please, <laughs> item number one. Thank you, Madam Chair. Item number one is a resolution adopting the city's 10-year capital expenditure plan for fiscal years 2024 to 2020, uh, 2033, uh, pursuant to the administrative code, and members of the public uh, should call 415-655-0001 with the meeting ID of 2592-192-7055 and press bound twice if you're interested in speaking on this item. Madam Chair. My apologies. Thank you so much, Mr. Clerk. Thank you so much for calling item number one, which is a 10-year capital expenditure plan. Um, picked up where I left off. Colleagues, we heard this. Uh, this is the third time hearing this item. We switched the schedule from um, now is read as uh, having the 
general obligation bond schedule for 2024 that we have revised the calendar and the schedule. Subsequently, we increased the dollar amount uh, to the affordable housing and shelter bond to $340 million and the public health and shelter bond to $320 million. Um, both scheduled for no, uh, for March and November 2024. Um, I think that we have heard and discussed this item, and I don't see any names uh, on the roster. Um, with that, Mr. Clerk, can we call for public comment? Yes, Madam Chair. And uh, <clears throat> let's see, members of the public who wish to provide comment on this item and are joining us in person should line up now. And uh, for those who have joined us remotely, uh, actually, just to make sure, I'm not sure if I read the right number, but... Um, the meeting ID is 2597-655-7544. Um, if you have joined us remotely and you haven't already done so, please press star three if you wish to enter the speaker line. And for those already in the queue, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and that'll be your signal to begin your comments. And if you could step up and I'll start your time. Good One more time. Supervisors, <clears throat> I'm Joni Eisen, D10 resident. Thank you for keeping the options open for climate-focused action in the bond queue. The additional $150 million in capacity keeps my hopes alive that you'll stay strong in the face of enormous current pressures and act decisively to address the climate crisis, both for future generation, generations and the most vulnerable populations today. Please consider that expanding our stock of affordable housing through purchase, reuse, and decarbonizing of existing buildings is better for the climate than building new structures and demolishing old structures that are still salvageable, especially using that money to buy buildings that are not currently used as housing. Then there would not have to be a trade-off between increasing the number of affordable units and simply making existing affordable units better. Um, so also consider many job opportunities will arise for this work, such as removing gas infrastructure, wiring panel upgrades, landscaping, etc. We can't simply build our way out of the housing crisis. Remember your unanimously, um, unanimous approval of the CLE Report's recommendation to expand the existing affordable housing bond for acquisition, especially acquisition and development of low-carbon affordable units. Please look at every bond in the schedule through a climate impact lens, as Supervisor Ronan suggested. Thanks for all your hard work around these issues. San Francisco should be leading the way here. Please make it so. Thank you. Thank you, Joni Asen, for your comments. <clears throat> Next speaker, please. Hi, Elena Engel, District 9. I think we got to stop meeting like this, you know. We've sent you hundreds of letters. We sent in a petition. We've been calling your houses. We've been putting stuff. I mean, not your houses, excuse me, your offices. They just seem like your houses. We've been putting things in the packet. There's a lot of sentiment for getting part of this found, $150 million to rehabilitate existing affordable housing. There was an article in the Chronicle about SROs and what a terrible shape a lot of them are in. They're not even in good enough shape that people can occupy them, and yet you have people out on the streets. Let's think about that as well. It will provide more affordable housing. It will also get you ready for the back mud regulations in 2027 and 2029 to replace gas heaters and gas furnaces. We gotta start somewhere. Why don't you lead and show us and do projects that we can look at and say, this is how you do it, because we don't yet know. It's complicated. And then there's the federal money. 
you want to be ready to get the federal money, and there will be rebates, and there will be all kinds of grants. Get ready for it. Do it now. Start it. Finally, health. You take methane out of people's houses, and you are getting lower rates of asthma. You're helping the people who are most burdened with health issues to reduce their health issues by putting in clean, affordable electricity. So I suggest this $150 million, which you found, and we have been telling you should go for climate, take, take it and make it for existing affordable housing. I think it won't be hard to find some that could be rehab. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine Angler, for your comments. And before I start this time, I'm the next speaker with the, uh, with the president's arrival at 139. We are now convened as a special meeting of the Board of Supervisors. All right. Good afternoon, Chair Chan, um, Supervisor Ronan, Mandelman, Safai, Walton, and President Peskin. My name is Charlie Shamas. I'm here on behalf of Chuchu. I want to commend the work of this committee for your leadership role in building the long-term public investment for addressing our city's affordable housing needs. When the board adopted the housing element, it did so knowing that the city faced an enormous local funding gap of between $1.3 and $2.4 billion per year over the next eight years, and that's just the local funding gap. To identify a path forward, the housing element called for a body of community and industry experts to identify funding strategies. That committee has only recently been named and will need to think outside the box to identify new strategies to fund affordable housing. Bond financing is the bread and butter of funding affordable housing. It's not the outside of the box. It's the, it's the tried and true strategy. It has been the most significant and consistent local revenue source to finance the production and preservation of affordable housing in the city. We heard from the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development that beginning in 2025, there is at least a $770 million shortfall in funding affordable housing projects. These are projects in all corners of our city for seniors, working families, transitional aged youth, unhoused people, educators, and for San Franciscans all across the income spectrum from extremely low income to very low, low and moderate income. We urge your support to advance this capital plan so we can get to the hard work of growing our city stock of affordable housing to stabilize the intense displacement and lack of affordability we see in our city. Building the resources to grow the share of our city's affordable housing stock is an investment in our public infrastructure and should be a critical strategy in our capital plan. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie Shamas, for your comments. Next speaker, please. Uh, thank you, um, committee, uh, for hearing me today. This is the 10-year uh, capital expenditure uh, program. It, it covers on six or seven different areas. There's public housing, affordable housing, public safety, health and human services, and all of that combined together brings about a 10-year plan for expenditures. And so what I'm asking is, um, it looks like, you know, 10 years is a, is a long time, and I'm glad we're having this discussion now rather than later, because things go by really fast. They move really fast. Snap of a finger, you don't know what, what happened. You don't know snap of a finger just like that it just it moves by really fast so how is this going to play out how is it going to happen tomorrow how is it going to happen if it is at all and uh, you know so what, what i'm just want to get down to the bottom of is um i've been here for 10 years four blocks away for 10 years just four blocks away here 
on, um, on the intersection. I pass by here all the time, go to the library and things of that sort and, and, and things of that nature. And, um, and you know, you, you, you're not seen for that amount of time and your environment is just this loud sound going on 24 hours a day. And it just is a loud sound. And finally, you're gonna be seen. Finally, somebody's gonna call you by your name. You've never been called by your name for 10 years. And so the capital expenditure plan is we're just wondering how is that gonna happen? Like how is it gonna happen? You know, I, I have no idea how it's gonna happen. And yet it is when it's gonna happen. So, you know, public safety is key. Health and human services is key. All things, all these things are key. And but I'm also a person, I'm also a human being, I'm also alive, never been dead before, and, um, but you know, suddenly you're gonna come back alive tomorrow, and let's just see how that goes. Thank you. Thanks so much for your comments. Hinting no for, okay. Afternoon, supervisors. So um, I'm here with the SF uh, Climate Emergency Coalition, and I'm also with um, I'm a spiritual mentor for the Laudato Si training program. So, um, well, for one thing, I know we need to fund mental health SF, and also with my house. Uh, like last week, I was thinking we need retrofitting help. So, and you know, maybe for the billboards, we can uh, promote um, Rebuilding Together's SF, Bay Rins, and my last housemate I, I found through Home Match. So if you can promote those, like on the billboards or, or bus, bus signage, that'd be great. Thank you. Thanks so much for your comments. And now, seeing no further speakers in the chamber, uh, we have, <clears throat> pardon, uh, we have nine members of the public listening with five in our listening queue. So, Mr. Lamb, can you unmute her caller, please? Callers. Eileen Boken, Coalition for San Francisco Neighborhoods, speaking on my own behalf. At the April 26th meeting of the Budget and Appropriations Committee from the dais, a statement was made that all GEO bonds, which were placed on the ballot, have a list of projects. This is actually a misstatement. The poster child for this was the Earthquake Safety and Emergency Response Bond of 2020. When the proposed Easter bond came before the Capital Planning Committee, CPC staff stated that there would be no specific projects associated um, with uh, there, would, there would be 2020 Easter bond as potential projects were still under environmental review. Instead, CPC staff stated that there would be uh, buckets of funding for specific project areas. Uh, the Capital Planning Committee agreed with this approach and moved it forward to the board with a positive recommendation. The board and the mayor also agreed with this uh, approach. When the Easter bond actually was on the ballot in March 2020, Prop B was basically a blank check, and some voters reluctantly supported that blank check. Going forward, I would strongly urge the CPC and its staff, the board and the mayor, not to go down this path again. Uh, geo bonds, which are blank checks, are essentially poking voters in the eye. Thank you. Thank you, Eileen Boken, for your comments. Mr. Lamb, next speaker, please. 
Thank you, Apostle VB, and then attending line. Hello. Thank you, Chair Chan and Committee members for your time. My name is Mitch Mankin. I'm calling on behalf of San Francisco Housing Development Corporation to express our support for the option of the 10-year capital expenditure plan and specifically our support for the inclusion of a potential local $340 billion affordable housing bond in the March 2024 bond rotation cycle. San Francisco voters consistently rank affordable housing as a top priority, and under the J3 goals, we're expected to produce 33,000 units of low-income affordable housing by 2020, uh, 2030. But we're facing a huge funding gap when it comes to meeting those needs. Given that, we should at minimum study the possibility of a local affordable housing bond in March 2024. Such a local bond can complement regional funding should the BAFA bond pass in November, or the occasion that regional bond doesn't pass would ensure that San Francisco has at least some resources to bring to bear on our affordable housing crisis. We need all hands on deck to build and preserve the affordable housing our city needs. So I hope you'll support the inclusion of a local bond in March 2024. Thank you. Thank you, Mitch Mankin, for your comments. Mr. Lamb, next speaker, please. Good afternoon, Chair Chan and Supervisors. Peter Papadopoulos with the Mission Economic Development Agency. I'm calling in to express META's strong support for the board's capital plan resolution and its call to advance a local affordable housing bond in March 2024. And we understand that the expectation is that this will not increase taxes. A $348 million San Francisco bond for affordable housing would be a strong funding step towards meeting our RENA cycle goals of 46,000 units of affordable housing to be either preserved or produced by the city by 2031, and critical to stabilizing our neighborhood residents, our workforce, and to preventing further displacement and homelessness. I think we all know the size of the need that we face the mission alone has lost more than 10,000 Latinos from the neighborhood since 2000. And as was widely reported, Latino homelessness surged 55% during the pandemic. Exploring complementary city and regional bonds together at this time makes sense to us given the size of challenge we face. And we do appreciate that this resolution directs the Capital Planning Committee to assess both pathways for the 2024 cycle. We believe it is fundamentally important that we advance a clearly differentiated local bond in 2024. That way it would complement the expected BAPA bond by implementing some of the more innovative strategies that will be needed to achieve our long-term goals, including land banking, prioritizing VLI and ELI units, and the acquisition and preservation of existing tenant-occupied buildings and SROs. The path to successfully passing a local and regional housing bond will require a broad collaborative partnership, and Meta is happy to join you all in working together to make this happen. Thank you. Thanks so much, Peter Propadopoulos, for your comments. Uh, Mr. Lamb, next speaker, please. Hello, uh, my name is Michael Alexo. Um, I'm a um, affiliation with the San Francisco Climate Emergency Coalition. The federal government has shown its commitment to the climate as a priority by setting up two bags of money, the infrastructure bill and the IRA, which the states will administer. So far, San Francisco has shown their commitment with zero dollars. I'd like to see a climate bond set, set up. 
I'd like to see that money go towards conservation. That's gonna be the first step for a lot of people, insulation windows, solar for the community, HMO solar, upgrade electric services, EV charging at the curbs and in garages for, for people who are renters, which represents 70% of the San Franciscans. And I'd like to see the Department of the Environment convene on a biweekly or a monthly basis, all the department heads of the city of San Francisco who are working on this issue to come together and talk about what they're doing fiscally and what they're, where, how they're going to acquire funds to move forward. Thank you. Thank you, Michael Alexa, for your comments. Uh, Mr. Lamb, do you have any more speakers? Hello, my name is Sarah Greenwald. I want to thank you, Supervisors, for all the work and consideration you're giving to the schedule. Uh, I think we need to get all of the city working to implement our climate and housing goals. And we sh you should um, use the newly identified funds to include in the rehabilitation of affordable housing, a retrofit of existing housing to all electric power. This will put people to work. It will actually genuinely reduce our emissions, whereas you can see with the new housing, which is great, it has to be built all electric uh, according to the ordinances. And that uh, keeps us from moving worse, but it doesn't make the emissions better, you see what I mean? Uh, and thirdly, Getting the methane out of the houses protects the health of children in particular, and children, many residents of affordable housing are children, so this is essential. And as the previous speaker mentioned, you know, we say the climate won't wait for anything. It's also true that federal funding won't wait for anything either. So I urge you to step up and include this important uh, piece in the housing bond. Thank you. Thanks so much, Sarah Greenwald, for your comments. Uh, Mr. Lamb, next speaker, please. Good afternoon, members of the Budget and Appropriations Committee. My name is Zach Weisenberger, and I'm calling in on behalf of young community developers. Uh, building the long-term resources required to achieve our housing elements, affordable housing goals, and stabilizing our local economy and workforce is one of the most important tasks the city will need to address in the next couple of years. The discussions around the capital plan are taking place in the context of the city's multifold increase in its arena affordable housing mandate and the substantial shortage of dedicated available funding. We're in a moment where we need an accelerated time frame and significant new resources to achieve the 2031 uh, arena mandate. As many months stand between now and when the city shall ultimately decide on the 2024 bond cycle, we feel it's important that the city does its due diligence and keep open the possibility of a local housing bond for next year's March presidential primary and November general election cycles. The issuance of affordable housing bonds is the most significant and consistent local revenue source used to finance the production and preservation of affordable housing in San Francisco. Voters recognize that, including affordable housing in our capital plan bond rotation schedule is how we stabilize neighborhoods that, we have, ex that have experienced displacement, house our most vulnerable residents, house our workforce, and ultimately keep the next generation here in our city. Even with our absolute commitment to ensuring success for a regional bond, we know that this measure also depends on a regional electorate's uncertain support. And if we do not advance an alternative local funding strategy, we may be left without any housing resources. Moreover, a local bond could be critical to implement the host of innovative local strategies that the Board of Supervisors adopted in the 2023 housing element. Above and beyond what a regional bond would fund, 
We urge the city to explore and pursue all possible strategies to ensure our city has the necessary resources to achieve our housing elements affordable housing goals. Pursuing both a local and regional affordable housing bond is our best bet. Thank you for your time. Thanks so much, Zach Weisenberger, for your comments. Uh, Mr. Lamb, next speaker, please. Good afternoon. My name is Rick Burling, and uh, I live in Bernal Heights, and I've lived in the city for a very long time. Um, it's clear to me that we need affordable housing. It's also clear to me that we need to address the climate crisis that we're, that we're in the midst of. And I would encourage you to combine these two things to uh, make uh, part of the housing strategy to purchase at a discount, because there's tons of buildings that are empty in San Francisco right now, and repurposing those vacant buildings to provide housing uh, that is environmentally sound and socially necessary to uh, expand affordable housing opportunities and revitalize our downtown. Um, updating public housing with all electric utilities fits in you know, perfectly with affordable housing because uh, those utilities are less expensive, and that reduces both the greenhouse gas emissions while reducing the cost of utilities to the people who live in those uh, homes. Uh, so I would just encourage you to make this a, a broad appeal for this, uh, for this bond uh, to uh, address both the climate crisis that we're in and, and, and provide for climate justice and for a, a massive program in affordable housing. Thank you. Thanks so much, Rick Perling, for your comments. And Madam Chair, that completes our queue. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, seeing no more public comments, public comment is now closed. Board President Beskin. Thank you, Chair Chan and members of the Budget and Appropriations Committee, and thank you for hearing this now for the third time. Um, I just wanted to, uh, first of all, put this in context, which is this is a potential step to a March 2024 uh, affordable housing uh, homelessness bond. Um, as to many of the public commenters, uh, I have always believed that the best form of carbon sequestration is to keep and adaptively reuse the buildings that we have. Um, there are also many, many moving pieces in an affordable housing bond that are nowhere near uh, our deliberations uh, as to percentages as to types of beneficiaries of affordable housing. There's conversations about artist housing. There's conversations about women, women's housing. There's an endless amount of need uh, and, again, a limited amount of resource. I very much appreciate and think that we need to start looking at all bonds and capital uh, funding, even pay-as-you-go, through the lens of climate change and carbon. Uh, and so I think that's a conversation that we should have as we start formulating a bond. I also acknowledge the words of Supervisor Ronan um, relative to the possibilities of uh, a November 2024 regional bond, um, but I think we have time and, quite frankly, 
the capital, the tenure capital plan can be readjusted. I think this is the right conversation to be having now relative to the order of things. I also note and have had uh, candid words with uh, Dr. Colfax um, about the Department of Public Health and concerns in different arenas uh, that include but are not limited to acquisition of properties for behavioral health, for uh, skilled nursing, um, that have often not been implemented timely. Uh, and and to, to that end, um, I actually think that as a matter of public policy, delaying the public health bond for those reasons actually also makes sense. So um, I commend this to you, and then in closing just want to say that what I've said before, and I've been very transparent and candid about this, this is also uh, one of the elements of a uh, hopefully sex successful conclusion of the um, recommendations from the uh, Technical Advisory Committee as it relates to inclusionary housing. That deal is not done, but this is one of the elements to that deal. Uh, so I commend this uh, amendment and hope that you will pass it and send uh, the capital plan to the full board with those changes. Thank you, colleagues. Thank you, President Peskin. And before we uh, move to our uh, to recognize the next speaker, which is Supervisor Ronan, just want to welcome Mariposa Kids uh, After School Program here. Welcome to the Board of Supervisors and to Chamber. <laughs> thank uh, thank yeah, you, Chair Supervisor Chan. Ronan. Appreciate that. Um, I did dissent on this item, on, on the motion that was made to amend this item last week. Uh, I am prepared to support it today. Uh, my opinions haven't changed, um, but I just acknowledge that there's more work to be done. Um, and I very much appreciate all the conversations that are happening in the interim. Uh, we do not know exactly all the information we need to know about the regional bond to make informed decisions about how we're gonna prioritize bonds in next year, in March and November. And then I must say, I've been very excited by um, the climate uh, suggestions from the activists and, and residents of the city and wanting to use uh, some of that money to decarbonize homes and um, to, to create much higher quality public housing or uh, SRO housing um, with new and improved uh, electric appliances. So I, um, I'm excited about all of these things. Of course, we want way more than we can pay for, even the additional 150 million. It seems like a lot, but isn't, doesn't go very far uh, when you have the challenges we have in the city. Uh, but I think I, I, I'm fine with the plan that we have uh, right now, although I uh, want to be involved in the discussions going forward because the devil will be in the details and look forward to continuing this conversation. Thank you. Vice Chair Mandelman. Um, thank you, Chair Chan. I want to thank uh, the board president for the work he is doing on um, trying to land the plane. Um, of the Technical Advisory Committee and uh, trying to find a way for market rate and affordable development to go forward in the city at a time when we're, there is an imperative um, to be trying to produce more housing of all kinds. Um, I concur that uh, having some additional time for public health 
to um, address some of my concerns, which I think are shared by uh, Supervisor Ronan and others on the board, and to um, try to come up with a more robust plan for meeting the capital needs of um, our city's severely mentally ill folks um, <clears throat> is good, and so I am, I think, uh, I think it is the right thing to push the public health bond at least back to November of 2024. And I will still have a hard time supporting a public health bond in November of 2024 if we have not um, gotten a better handle on those. And I will again just reiterate that we, I, I do think that we might consider a transportation and climate bond in November of 2024. Um, but that is for another day. Um, I guess one question, though, is I, I think there is interest in thinking about retrofitting our existing um, affordable housing, public housing. I think in the in the context of um, particularly New York banning uh, natural gas and new construction, there were a lot. There have been a lot of news stories in the last little bit about the um, impacts of natural gas on kids and the. Um, you know, the 13% the uh, of asthma cases that are attributable to um, gas-burning stoves. And um, with very high rates of asthma among um, low-income communities of color, like, I do think I would like to see MoCD doing some thinking about how to get some of these uh, public housing, affordable housing, SROs, retrofitted, uh, making them more livable overall, but also um, uh, uh, all electric. And I don't know the extent to which that work has happened or people have begun to think about what the price tag of retrofitting all of the city's affordable units um, might be. I'm imagining we're not terribly far down that pathway, but it would be good to see if we can get a little bit further down that pathway as we think about what this potential what this March 2024 bond is going to be like. I don't know if anybody from, I don't know if either of you two want to try to say anything about this, but Brian Strong says no. <laughs> Good afternoon, Supervisors. Lydia Ely from OCD. Um, we have just last week received the responses to a NOFA that we did for um, projects that are in our existing portfolio. We have about 25,000 units and over 400 projects. And the last time we offered funds to the affordable housing community for repairs to these projects was 2016. So we finally cobbled some money together, did a NOFA for 20 million, and it's been more than, um, you know, the request total more than twice as much what we have to offer. We had thought about having a decarbonization, you know, electrification component, but really our needs are so dire in the portfolio that we focused this NOFA on um, you know, deferred maintenance, capital repairs. The main tool that our owners used to use to recapitalize and do big rehabs is no longer available to um, our existing projects. They used to get bond allocations from the state as of right, and now the state has clearly stated its priority is new units. So we're kind of stuck locally um, having to struggle with this, and I was just at the High Cost Cities Housing Forum this week, um, got back late last night, and you know, the eight highest cost cities in the country um, doing affordable housing. And you know, all the cities are in the same boat. If we're gonna pay for this, we have to, we can't leverage other sources at this point. New York City's paying 500,000 a unit to repair existing units. Um, I think we would have had a lot more response from our NOFO, but we tried to, to um, 
match the expectations with the resources, so we kind of had to um, put some guardrails on the applications, and I think if we were to offer more funds and had a wider scope for their uses, we would definitely be able to do some, make a serious dent in the electrification decarbonization realm. The last thing, the new, um, inf um, can't remember, uh, Inflation Reduction Act, IRA, um, you know, the feds are just releasing the guidelines for that, and we understand there will be some resources there for decarbonization, um, and we're really excited about that. It's just too early to tell. In a perfect world, we could align ANOFA from our office with those resources, you know, get more bang for our buck, be able to do a lot more projects at the same time. It's just too early to say. Right. I think it's useful, even if we know that we aren't going to be able to pay the whole cost of it anytime soon to be, to begin to try to get a sense of what the costs of retrofitting our affordable portfolio would look like because um, at least it gives us some notion of what the target is um, and I think there also is I mean as you're hearing I think going to be interest in trying to begin chipping away at that with this with this bond so um, sounds like there's a lot of work to do hoping you're able to do it um, where we have to think about the March bond. We did do some research on it, but I think once we realized that our resources were not going to be able to even do the very low right. bar um, work that was needed, we you know, we can pick that up and look at it again and, and, and get back to you with um, our findings so far. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Supervisor Safai. Thanks. So some of some of the things that um, just add on to some of the things that some of my colleagues have already said, but uh, we talked a little last time about some real opportunity um, within this bond, as Liddy was saying, where we can target many of the rehabilitation of affordable housing and look at that as a way to drive climate change and be thoughtful about that. And so I think we can work on that together. I think there's a lot of ongoing conversations. The other thing that hasn't really been talked a lot about there's, is, is also that this is meant to address and talk about home, addressing the homelessness crisis. And some of the proposals that have been out there, and I talked a little bit about this last time, about the idea of renovating an existing building. When you do the math, it ends up coming down to the one on Polk Street. It ends up being about $500,000 a bed. Um, only 40 of those beds are private. Um, and there's other opportunities out there to, dis to look at. We have a, a single, we have the idea of uh, tiny homes, the idea to do individual units that are more private, that are more an uh, easier way to transition people into. There's existing buildings that we can do leases on, uh, long-term leases and rehabilitate those properties and look at ways to ensure that we have an existing and utilizing the existing housing stock. I think some of that will be talked about in the next item. Uh, appreciate Supervisor Mandelman for bringing that forward. But I just wanted to put that out there now. We also are creating more capacity, both for affordable housing, but also to advance a conversation around uh, other creative ways to deal with our homelessness crisis. So I just wanted to say that. Um, also talking about the climate change, and, and I think within a lot of these areas, we can address and do some very targeted projects to deal with climate change, but just wanted to really put that out there um, before we transition into the next item. 
Um, I don't see anyone else on the uh, agenda, Madam Chair, but I'm happy to make a motion to send this item to the full board with a positive recommendation. Second. And so with that, um, seeing no more names on the roster, Mr. Clerk, let's call the roll. On that motion, uh, by Member Safai, seconded by Chair Chan, that this, for, uh, that this resolution be forwarded to the full board with a positive recommendation. Vice Chair Mandelman. Mandelman, aye. Member Safai? Aye. Safai, aye. Member Ronan? Aye. Ronan, aye. Member Walton? Walton, aye. Chair Chan? Aye. Chan, aye. We have five ayes. Great. The motion passes. Thank you. Um, Mr. Clerk, let's uh, call item number two. Yes, item number two is a resolution calling on Mayor London and Breed to fund 2,000 new shelter or temporary housing placements over the next two fiscal years. And members of the public who wish to provide uh, comment on this resolution should call 415-655-0001 with the meeting ID of 2597-675-7544, then press twice. Press pound twice. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three, line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate that you've raised your hand. And when the system indicates you have been unmuted, you may begin your comments. Madam Chair. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. And this item, colleagues, is um, its author is Vice Chair Mendelman. So I'm going to turn, turn it over and uh, for you to lead us in this conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Chair Chan. Um, and I'm going to briefly introduce this item. I understand that our student guests may want to make some public comments, so maybe they, uh, maybe folks can let them go first, um, and then we can hear from uh, other folks. But this um, this resolution, I believe, is relatively straightforward, um, and I hope uh, we will all be able to support it. Um, as you know, I have, I and others um, have been arguing for some time, including many of you, that this city desperately needs more immediate exits from the street for un unhoused, unsheltered people. Um, we need that as a simple matter of humanity. Um, folks should not have to wait for years and years and years on end to, uh, to uh, potentially maybe at some point get a permanent housing unit as they get sicker and sicker and sicker on the streets. But we also need it as a practical matter if we're going to address the encampment crisis that we have in so many neighborhoods in the city. Those of us who have tried to address encampments in the neighborhoods we represent know that uh, invariably the barrier um, to addressing those encampments is a lack of placements. Um, we you know, have confirmed, not that we necessarily needed to, but in January I submitted a letter to the Department of Emergency Management asking what they would need to um, expand their encampment resolution efforts citywide, more public works resources, more police resources. They said, no, we just need a lot more shelter. And um, my concern is that I do not actually, I, I have no confidence um, that the administration or the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing are currently geared up for any kind of significant expansion in shelter, which makes me concerned that there will be no significant effort to address uh, encampments over the, over the two year term of this budget beyond what we have already done, which is significant, but is still not nearly enough to address uh, the needs in San Francisco. Um, and in some ways, as uh, some of you colleagues have pointed out yesterday with a resolution about, uh, about uh, the, the RVs uh, on Pier 94, we're potentially moving in the wrong direction as we eliminate um, shelter or 
um, uh, you know, alternatives for folks who otherwise would be on the streets that we currently have. So these are my concerns. I don't think this should be a terribly controversial resolution for us. In some ways, it pushes the hard choices over to the mayor, but I want uh, the mayor's office to have to grapple with this need, and I hope that they will make a real effort to try to expand um, shelter uh, options in, um, in their budget. There's lots of different ways to do it. We've heard many uh, thoughts about how to do that from Rescue SF. There are other ways that it could be done, but I think it needs to be done. So with that, maybe we can start taking some of this public comment. Sounds good. Then, uh, Mr. Clerk, um, let's go to public comment. Thank you, Madam Chair, members of the public. <laughs> who wish to speak on this item and are joining us in person should line up right along the curtains over there. Uh, for those who have joined us remotely and haven't already done so, uh, press star three if you wish to enter the speaker line. And for those already in the queue, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. And that will be your signal to begin your comments. Uh, can the first person uh, come forward to the lectern? And once you uh, begin speaking, I can start your time. Yes, right into the microphone. Thank you. So everybody should line up and then stand against the, the, the pole right there. And then let's do it one by one. Homelessness is bad and we should split the money. Because um, then we'll have, because um, then homeless people will have um, more um, time to like, so more people don't get homeless and so um, people um, have like places to, homeless people have places to stay. The, the street should not ser serve as a homeless person's waiting room. It's not fair for some people to have billions of dollars but some have none. Uh, I think that all money that uh, the government or anyone has should be used to uh, help and to uh, give anyone who doesn't have a home a home because, yeah. Thank you so much for your comments. <laughs> if there's anybody else in the chamber who wish to speak on this item, uh, please line up now. <laughs> Kindly approach the lecture and I'll start your time. Supervisors, my name is Mark Nagel and I'm a co-founder of Rescue SF. Back in March, when the full board considered the city's plan under Place for All, we criticized that plan for its exorbitant cost and lack of vision. At that time, we suggested that the city should bring thousands of people off of the streets by focusing on its most cost-effective solutions, such as leased hotels for shelter, and leased apartments for housing. Following that hearing, we submitted a formal budget request to the mayor's office calling for 1,000 shelter beds in leased hotels and 1,000 units of housing in leased apartments. We supported our proposals with detailed analysis, which we emailed to each of you yesterday. We have confirmed that sufficient hotels are available to lease. We have confirmed the lease rates of those hotels. We have confirmed that San Francisco and the wider Bay Area have more than 13,000 apartments available to rent for less than $2,500 per month. For approximately $32 million a year, the city could provide 1,000 people with non-congregate shelter beds and leased hotels. For approximately $11 million in startup costs and $42 million in annual rent, 
the city could house 1,000 people in leased apartments. These proposals require significant funding. However, recall that the price tag of the A Place for All plan was $1.4 billion, and the price tag of the new five-year strategic plan is $600 million plus more than $200 million in annual funding thereafter. As is clearly evident, relying on leased hotels and leased apartments is much less expensive than the city's current proposals. We desperately need the city to show a sense of urgency to pursue innovation and to take bold action. One person should be held accountable, Mayor Breed. Please come together as a board and tell Mayor Breed to take bold action on homelessness. We reject the city's business-as-usual approach of spending enormous resources to achieve modest results. We have shown that San Francisco can do better. Ending street slipping is within reach. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mark Nagler, for your comments. Next speaker, please. Uh, good afternoon, Supervisors. My name is Lori Brooke. I'm a co-founder of Rescue SF, and I want to first acknowledge the children that came in today. Great job showing up. You are our future, and this is how it's done. I used to make my daughters sit in the back of the room when I'd go to hearings, and it makes a difference as they get older, so glad you're here. Um, but why I'm here is to add just a little flourish to what Mark just said, and that is um, Supervisor Peskin mentioned this earlier that existing housing is the most affordable housing, and we should start find ways to use the existing stock of the um, economy-level hotels and apartments to get people off the street. It doesn't mean we don't continue the investments that we currently have in the pipeline for permanent supportive housing and affordable housing, but we're in an emergency the water levels are rising, and we need to act accordingly. So I encourage um, all of you to support, hopefully, the mayor, including our budget proposal into hers that will then fall before you. Thank you for your time. Thanks so much, Laurie Brooke, for your comments. Next speaker, please. Good afternoon, Chair Chan and Supervisors. My name is Carolyn Kennedy. I'm a community leader in District 8 and a rescue staff leader. We're experiencing a crisis in homelessness. Over 200 overdose deaths thus far this year. Over 4,000 people living on our streets. Many suffering from mental illness and, and or substance use disorder. This resolution is before you because our city is not acting with a sense of urgency to address this crisis. We can reduce street sleeping more quickly by providing 2,000 people with shelter or housing placements. We can get people on a path out of homelessness. Rescue SF, as you heard, has a detailed plan. Uh, you may have your own ideas. We need you to help us. You did this with the SIP hotels. It had a dramatic impact on street conditions and resulted in zero deaths from COVID amongst those unhoused during 2020. Sadly, hundreds did die, over 80% of them from overdoses, and too many people are still dying. Many or more are suffering while they wait for the housing that's so expensive that we can only afford a fraction of what's needed. So today, please act with speed and the speed and urgency that you did during COVID. Vote for this resolution. We've waited too long. The residents of San Francisco are demanding more effective and faster action on ending this crisis. Please vote to tell our mayor to take action to provision these placements. Thank you. Thanks so much, Carolyn Kennedy. Uh, next speaker, please. Good afternoon, Chair Chan and Supervisors. My name is Dave Rogers, and I'm a Castro resident. And this is my first time speaking ever at the Board of Supervisors Committee meeting, uh, so I hope my comments are valuable. Too many people today are affected by this homelessness crisis, and I think we need a better, faster response. On one hand, we have the unhoused people 
who aren't uh, faring well, and it's not humane to this population who may be interested to accept housing to go uncared for until we find some global billion-dollar pie-in-the-sky concept that may or may not help. Uh, we need to act today to save lives. I heard yesterday that we had 400, around 400 drug-related deaths in San Francisco this year alone, um, many of them homeless. At this rate, we might not have a homeless uh, situation for years to care about. Also, I'm affected. What about me and my neighbors? Uh, we live in this condition daily in the Castro, and it's really taking a toll on us. I get badgered all the time. It's not uncommon to walk down the street and uh, have some issues for safety, have to cross the street or find a different path to where I'm going. Um, I feel compelled to worry about the homeless uh, folks in, in camps in my neighborhood, to care for them, to make sure they're not hungry, to wonder if they're warm, um, that they're staying dry in the rain, and this has taken an emotional toll on many of us as well. Uh, my partner didn't want to take out the trash last night because of some incidents in the last few months. So we live in a city now where walking down the steps, opening the garage door, and taking three trash bars out is a problem for some people. Right? So I'm in favor of uh, this proposal to fund. Um, I think we need to treat homelessness like a natural disaster. We're in a crisis in my neighborhood, and uh, I hope my comments are of use today. Thanks for your support. Thanks so much, Dave Rogers. Next speaker, please. Hello, I forgot to say my name is Joyce Kalagos. I'm in the District 11 with Supervisor Safai, but I'm also a member of the California Alliance for Retired Americans. Last Friday, we had a lobby day all over the state by Zoom, and we told our San Francisco supervisors, or our legislators, that over half of the people who are homeless in San Francisco, the new ones, are over 55 years old. I was shocked. But two days ago, when I think I was on the 14 bus, I saw two women, white women, on the streets. I said, they look middle, middle class. They might have been those people who had maybe an, uh, an apartment, but they had to pay H whatever those fees. And if they can't pay those fees, they're, they're not on the street. So not only do you have the seniors, um, I also pushed for mental health San Francisco, and you know that last year we had 60, 622 deaths from overdose. And then when Supervisor uh, Jane, Jane Kim, was it, wanted 33% um, increase in funds for affordable housing, we mentioned LGBT, people back from the war. I used to volunteer at La Casa de las Madres, so you have people trans transitioning and all kinds of people. Anyway, so we need more, more housing. You know that. Thank you, Joyce Calagos, for your comments. Next speaker, please. Uh, this, thank you, uh, committee. I urge the mayor to go ahead and um, fund uh, the new shelter beds. They're desperately needed. Um, I spent close to three and a half years, actually on the mark, three and a half years uh, out on the street, pretty much living um, out in the elements as a homeless person. Never thought I'd be, I'd be doing that. I have a Berkeley degree. Um, you know, I had a pretty good uh, uh, life and everything like that. But I had to go out onto the street and um, fend for myself. And um, <clears throat> uh, very hard. But uh, if, there was, if there's 2,000 beds, 
I would have I would have gone in there. I would have taken a bed. Um, we got to make sure that it's safe inside. We got to staff it. We got to have good guys in there who are going to take care of the homeless people. Take care of you know their, all their needs. Make sure it's um, it's safe environment and all and things of that sort. And we need it. Um, San Francisco is at a breaking point. It's right at that little brink. It's going to just go over and it's going to be bad if we don't pass this, if we don't, if the mayor doesn't do anything about it. So let's go ahead and do it. Um, we need it. And um, other thing is, uh, other municipalities are doing it. They're doing it. You got Gilroy, you got San Mateo, you got uh, um, oh, uh, Oakland. They're doing it. So we got to take a look at what they're doing. They're doing, why don't they have homeless? Why don't they have an epidemic? Why, why only San Francisco? You know, why? So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take a look at that. There's something we're doing here that's attracting um, uh, that kind of lifestyle. You know, it's not bad, I tell you, it's, it's pretty nice. It's nice you to sleep out there with the wind in your face and you kind of get used to it, you wanna go back and you, <laughs> but we can't do that. We gotta build these beds, okay? Thank you. Thanks so much for your comments. Seeing no further speakers here in the chamber, uh, Mr. Lamb, could you unmute your colors, please? Hi, good afternoon, Board of Supervisors. Um, my name is Fred Winograd. I'm a resident of the Castro and have been for over 27 years. I am really in favor of uh, this resolution. The mayor has talked in public many times about how she's going to cure the street problems. The street problems are, as Mr. Rogers presented, extreme in the Castro and many other areas, including obviously the Tenderloin and South of Market. What we're asking for here is to get some beds for a place for people to sleep, a place for all. And that's an important function because we have the street and some of the, the younger uh, people in our society stated, the streets should not be the waiting room waiting for a place to sleep. It's just, it's wrong for the people on the street and it's wrong for the city. Please send this resolution to the mayor and make her stand up for what she talks about. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Fred Bonegrad, for your comments. Mr. Lamb, next speaker, please. Good afternoon. Uh, uh, Supervisors, this is Charles Head, president of Coalition for San Francisco Neighborhoods, not just of some neighborhood organizations, but for all neighborhood groups. Um, we've been supportive of uh, Rescue SF, President at the Creation. Uh, we've supported uh, Supervisor Mandelman's uh, resolutions, and uh, principally a place for all. And uh, we really, really, really request that you advance this resolution and uh, hold the mayor's feet to the fire and make her uh, take care of the unhoused people, the unsheltered people that are living on our streets. We've been talking about this for years. The time for talk is over. The time for action is now. Please, please, please support the resolution. Thank you. Thanks so much, Charles Head, for calling into this committee. Mr. Lamb, next speaker, please. So supervisors, yesterday, I got a wake-up call 
But y'all haven't learned anything from what the young people said, especially those young people. And we have about 12,000 homeless, and many of them are young people. We are not counted. And y'all saying it's okay. We have to start with our budget, which is over 14 billion. And we talk about models that do not demand quality of life issues. Congregate situations are not the way of helping the poor. We have 71,000 homes vacant in San Francisco. But we don't know how to do a needs assessment. And during the pandemic, we spent billions of dollars. We had an opportunity to really serve the poor, but we did not. Now, because we have been audited, we the people have to pay back. We the people have to pay back for the mistakes done during the pandemic. So stop Mickey Mousing. We need real action. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Francisco DeCosta, for your comments. Uh, Mr. Lamb, next speaker, please. Hello, uh, my name is Jared Goldstein. I'm a resident of the Castro District. Um, the status quo is not working. We need more shelter. Um, the resolution before you takes some measure to address this problem. I would also add that an earlier speaker mentioned that we need to have these uh, facilities adequately staffed because there are many individuals in there who have additional problems that need to be addressed. So I urge this resolution to be sent to the mayor and that we start implementing programs that will improve the situation for individuals. Thank you, Jared Goldheim, for your comments. Mr. Lamb, next speaker, please. Good afternoon, Chairman Chan and Supervisors. My name is Ashling Ferguson. I'm a resident of the Mission District. I am also a strong supporter of Rescue SF and co-chair of Intermission Neighborhood Association. I urge you to fund these new shelter beds. What we are living with and what these poor people are living with on the street is just deplorable. San Francisco has always thought of themselves as a very forward-thinking, kind, compassionate city, but there's a really fine line between compassion and cruelty, and what we are doing to the people on the streets is beyond cruel. I urge you to please pass this resolution and get these extra shelter beds as soon as possible. Please, please, please make this a priority and make it happen. Enough of the status quo. People cannot continue to live like this. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Ashlyn Ferguson, for your comments. Uh, Mr. Lamb, do we have any more speakers? Hey, everybody. My name is Ben Blyman. Today I'm representing the uh, Business District Alliance, which is a group of all the community benefit districts and business districts. 
there's about 16 to 18 of us, depending on how you count it. We have uh, overall tens of thousands, if not over 100,000 residents and small businesses, et cetera, and that live and work and operate in our districts. Um, we are calling today in strong support of this measure. Um, I think for too long, we all understand that the need for permanent housing is essential, but it can't come at the cost of places for people to stay and immediately when they need it. Um, it's been said before, but we can't ask people to wait for permanent housing on the streets where their lives get worse. And not to mention the impact that has on local residents and communities. So we're urging the pass of this measure and we're strongly in support of it. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Ben Blyman, for your comments. And Madam Chair, that does complete our queue. Thank you. Seeing no more public comments, public comment is now closed. Vice Chair Mandelman. Try that again. Thank you, Chair Chan, and uh, thank you, colleagues, for uh, for making uh, a little bit of time today for this conversation about this resolution. Um, I do want to thank again Rescue SF and the folks who've called in, and the many more folks who um, have been pushing on the mayor and on us and on the whole city to um, to respond to our crisis of homelessness and above all our crisis of unsheltered homelessness. Um, Again, Rescue SF has given us a model of how to do it more efficiently, more cost efficiently, um, certainly far more cost efficiently than what was presented in the Place for All report by HSH. Um, there may be other ways to do it. I would note my um, my office went through the exercise at looking at the of looking at the uh, per bed cost of a number of the contracts that have come to this committee in the last few months, the Baldwin Safe Navigation Center, the Embarcadero Safe Navigation Center, the 7-Eleven Post, they ranged from $25,200 a bed to $44,444 a bed. And if you average that out, um, you get an annual operating cost for 2,250 new beds of just over $75 million, which is quite a lot of money, but is half what HSH was presenting us as the as the cost of operating those beds and I think given the imperative of uh, of giving folks a humane alternative to the streets and the imperative of more aggressively addressing encampments around the city I think uh, we need to do this and the mayor needs to do this um, and at a very minimum I think uh, we were also shocked when we considered that Embarcadero Safe Navigation Center um, Supervisor Safai has made this point several times. There are 80, I mean, you could get 80 of the beds toward the 2000 just by using the space at the Embarcadero Safe Navigation Center and buying the mattresses. So, um, you know, how much further could we get towards a total of 2000 over two years by looking at the resources we are already using and making better use of them? How many folks could go into um, units that are empty right now and that remain empty? Um, in HSH's portfolio. I think there are a lot of ways to get to 2,000 units, but I think it is on the administration and the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing to get us there. I think we need to um, push them to do it and show them that we would be supportive of them doing it. And I would again just remind folks that um, many cities, many states have chosen to address homelessness differently. Homelessness is a national challenge and a national shame, but not everyone decides to leave homeless people out on the street. New York doesn't do that, Massachusetts doesn't do that, California does it, and San Francisco really does it. And um, 
you know, I think we, we, we need to try to do it a different way. So hoping to have your support, and I will, uh, and I think that's all I got. Thank you, Vice Chair Mandelman, Supervisor Safai. Thank you, I just wanna add on a little bit to the conversation. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, the uh, Embarcadero. Maybe before I make my comments, I know we have Emily from HSH. Did, can you have a, come up and give us a, an update on the Embarcadero Navigation Center? I know the last time we met and funded at Budget Committee, there were 80 beds that were still sitting uh, vacant. Um, subsequently, we've come, come out that there's about almost a thousand permanent supportive housing units still sitting vacant. Um, we have hun you know hundreds of shelter beds sitting vacant. And then if, if Mayor's Office of Housing Community Development were here, we would talk about the over almost 400 units of below market rate housing that are sitting vacant. So this is a, a coordinated, it's a, it's a citywide problem, it's a management of our existing resources and getting people into those and they are part of a continuum from permanent affordable housing to permanent supportive housing to transitional housing to as what many of the commenters talked about, which is some transitional shelter. And I do believe, and I am in agreement with you, Supervisor Mandelman, 100% I am in support of this resolution. I think uh, that we need to be expanding options. It doesn't mean we abandon the other areas. I mean, so just let's be clear about that. And I don't, haven't heard Supervisor Mandelman say that. I'm not saying that. I pointed out the number of vacancies in the options that exist. Um, but we have, in the last point in time count, almost 4,400 people that are homeless, that are on the streets, that are unsheltered. And so in that, we have an opportunity to house many of those. Uh, we need to do a better job with coordinating that. So I think this is a yes and. Yes and, let's build on what we existingly have. But I do believe that we can do you know, leased uh, units, uh, transitional units. I think we can rehab our existing housing stock as we were talking about in the previous measure and we can do it in an environmentally conscious way. So it's a nice way to meld uh, the two issues. Um, so um, hotels is definitely existing properties. Long-term leases is one solution. Um, definitely creating more shelter is another solution as well. And I, I support that wholeheartedly. But I also support, uh, and I talked about this last time, some additional ideas. And I think Rescue SF, I want to thank them for coming today, among many other people in the city that have sent us emails and encouragement and support. There's been a conversation in the past about uh, uh, tiny homes as, as an option. I think we need to explore that aggressively as part of this capital plan. I think that, along with many of the other things that are on the table, need to be seriously considered. Because as we've heard in some of these meetings, uh, Chair Chan and others, when they came and talked about their experiences, having an indi individual space away from an environment that may be uh, in ground zero for where many of the addiction and problems and, and issues that they had. Which brings me to the issue of spreading this around. There needs to be a, a concentration in terms of where we can provide resources, a dedicated area, that could be somewhat of a triage space, and I think maybe that's where the tiny homes could be. Uh, but we also need to have a, a, an honest conversation about spreading around these opportunities all over San Francisco. Very proud that next week, working with the mayor's office, uh, excuse me, the uh, Department of Homeless Supportive Housing, we're gonna have a, uh, I guess it's a housewarming, but it's definitely a, an open house for the hotel 
that was purchased that we turned into transitional age youth housing in my district. First one that's ever been done in District 11. We're very excited about that. And that was done through the Home Key program. And that is the most cost-effective, quickest, affordable way to continue to expand uh, options for unhoused in this city. Um, and I think we have a couple more coming down the pike. But I, I wanted to, to thank you, Sue Resermanel, and thank everyone that's been advocating for this and really hope that the mayor will prioritize this as part of her upcoming budget. But I, I wanted to give Emily, if it's okay, Madam Chair, just give us an update on the, the 80 shelter beds at the NAV Center that were vacant last time because they did not have mattresses. Thank you, Supervisor, and happy to report that we are getting those beds this week. Sorry, we'll I just want to make sure, oh. identify yourself. Thank you, apologies, and the Chair department. Chan. Thank you, Emily Cohen with the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing. Through the chair to address Supervisor Safai's question, we are anticipating the bed, the bed arrivals this week, and we will start um, adding, moving people into those beds at Embarcadero. Okay, because I was ready to call Mancini Sleep World if you needed my help. <laughs> I mean, this is 80 beds, 80 mattresses. We can make it happen. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. Thank you. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Supervisor Safai. I think that the reality is, though, um, at some point, there got to be a moment that the city and county of San Francisco has to recognize that we cannot do everything. Um, and at some point, we, we have to come to a recognition that is um, this the, the, the issues of homelessness is, is beyond San Francisco. There, it's a statewide and nation, national issue that we actually have to tackle and have a very earnest and honest conversation with our governor to really think about um, resources that really require us to meet both the shelter and housing demand. Um, I, we, we will have a um, hearing specifically on housing all across. I look forward to seeing the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing um, with their $600 million of annual budget out of which 62% is specifically for housing, and I can't quite recall what is the percentage for temporary shelter. And I think let's really have that conversation in earnest um, in the in the coming next couple of weeks, and but most definitely in this budget to really look at what is it that we need to do to get where we need to be, um, but at the same time to leverage local funding and resources. Um, for federal and state support. And I think that is a must uh, strategy to sustain us for the long term, giving the budget deficits that we have to face right now in this year alone $290 million. Um, so with that said, um, what would you like to do, Vice Chair Mandelman? Well, I would like to move uh, that we forward this resolution to the full board with positive recommendation. Second. With that, um, I know that, uh, let's uh, actually call a roll, uh, Mr. Clerk. On that motion by Vice Chair Mandelman, seconded by Member Safai, that this resolution be forwarded to the full board with a positive, positive recommendation, Vice Chair Mandelman. Aye. Mandelman, aye. Member Safai. Safai, aye. Member Ronan. Ronan absent. Uh, Member Walton. Walton, aye. Chair Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. We have four ayes with member Ronan absent. Thank you. The motion passes. And with that, uh, Mr. Clerk, do we have any other business before us today? I'm Adam Chair. That concludes our business. Thank you. The meeting is adjourned.